Wake up, wake up, wake up, 502. What's going down on a beautiful Saturday morning? January 26th, 2024. This is Rashawn Myers. This is Wake Up 502 coming to you live from the Palatial Studios of 96.1 FM and 1450 AM. We are the Big X, and I am so excited to be back in the station, in the studio, after uh, hanging out with my man Mike Rutherford last night. Uh, that was a great, great time, great show. Was hanging out on the Mike Rutherford show from six uh, three to six p.m. Comes to you every weekday. Uh, Mike is awesome. Uh, of course, uh, we were getting into a lot of things that we are going to discuss this morning as we prepare you for your sports weekend. University of Louisville's back on the court today, uh, taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. We have a new football schedule that we can definitely get into as well. Start breaking down doing the way too early uh, schedule predictions to see what people are thinking, how they're feeling. I got to heard some very interesting chatter and talk about that. Um, you know, of course, we're going to also get into AFC and NFC championship game weekend. Lamar Jackson has a chance to make history. I cannot wait. I am so, so pumped and so, so excited um, just for everything that we have coming up this weekend. So, uh, you know, we, we have, uh, of course, uh, uh, intern Roman is in the building. We're going to have Haven Harrington joining soon as well. So, you know, I, I am just super, super pumped and excited to get rolling this morning as we have so much to get into. And, of course, if you want to get involved, uh, the best way to get involved is, of course, the Thornton's text line. That is 502-414-1450. Thanks uh, to Thornton's. Make sure you go out there and visit any of their uh, 63,842 local Thornton's locations uh, for the best in gas, goodies, grub, and everything else. Thornton's has a little bit of everything, man. You know, you can go out there and get you a couple of uh, nice little – uh, 24 ounce uh, drinks if you want them you know they always have deals on those you can go get your little food they have fresh sandwiches uh you know all kinds of goodies uh, always a bunch of good stuff so make sure you go out there and hit up your local thorntons for everything that you need um and then of course you can always give us a call as well on the wake up 502 buzz line that is 502-384-1450 as well um and uh, you can give me a call if, about anything you uh, hear uh, during the show today um, or just want to go completely in a different direction if you don't think that we are talking about the right subjects. I love that. Go ahead, give me a call and let me know, and then we will break that down from here. 
Um, but I, I, I tell you what, man, I first want to just give a big time shout out to the good folks over there at More Shenanigans over on 4521 Bargetown Road right there on the corner of Bre- uh, Breckenridge Lane and Bargetown Road. Big shout out to More Shenanigans. We were out there for our live show last night. Uh, that was game day 502. Um, had a great time out there uh, meeting with the people, talking a lot of sports. Uh, of course, it's always great energy in the building, a lot of great interaction. So I uh, always love getting over to more shenanigans. Of course, uh, at, right after we got done there at about 9.30 p.m., uh, they had karaoke up and rolling at 10 o'clock. So we were up singing the night away, uh, doing our karaoke thing. Uh, always a wonderful time. Uh, I think there might be some video out there of me uh, singing a little something, something as well. So if you just happen to see that, you're welcome. Okay, that, 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 that can be your entertainment for the weekend. Um, but, no, always a great time. Make sure you get out there to more shenanigans. Um, just a great time, great food, good drinks. Um, you know, it's just always great. I had – let me tell you all something. Before I get into it, man, they, they have a chili cheese dog, okay? <laughs> a sing, and that's all this is just one. Roman, you, you on there with me? Yeah, I'm on here. Hey, my man. Uh, they have they have this. Uh, when I was out at More Shenanigans last night, I was starving. Okay, I've been running all day. I had to get to the Rutherford show all early, um, so you know I didn't really have any time to uh, you know get anything to eat. So I, I'm I'm running behind. I'm leaving from the Rutherford show. I had to finish uh, getting the recording together and got that done. So I'm trying to get over to uh, uh, More Shenanigans to get set up. But I was just starving, okay? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm used to taking a little time and having an early dinner and all this stuff. So, you know, by 7, you know, 7.15, I got 15 minutes before I have to be on the, the, the air there at uh, More Shenanigans. And I went over to uh, Miss Krista, who is, uh, you know, kind of handles things and run things over there at More Shenanigans. And I was like, ma'am, I'm starving. I need something to eat. And she was like, why don't you try a chili dog? And I was just like, just a chili dog? Like, I'm a big dude. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going, you know, six, six, uh, six, four, six, four and a half, you know, to 200 and X, X, X pounds. So, you know, but she, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll roll with it. Let me tell you something, man. First of all, she brings out this, this plate. And all I see is chili and jalapenos and onions on this plate. And it's humongous. I thought it was almost a bowl of chili, but it was actually a giant hot dog. Um, you know, open face with with all the stuff on it. Man, that was the best hot dog, chili dog I've ever had. It was amazing. It's the first time I've ever had to eat a hot dog with a knife and fork. I'll just put it like okay. that. Because first of all, the hot dog was humongous. It was a meal then. It was crazy. <laughs> like, but it was so good. So I, I am now a, 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 a I'm going to just break it down to you. When you go to More Shenanigans, when you go check them out over at 44, uh, 4521 Barstown Road, ask for the chili dog. It's amazing. They have great food there. Uh, but that chili dog, man, it was all beef uh, hot dog. But it was the biggest hot dog I, I, I've ever seen. But it was amazing. It was great. Uh, gave me the energy I needed to get through the night. I was able to get through the show. Game day five day five oh two was awesome. Of course, Jay Haz was there with me as well. Um, you know, he, he was uh, awesome. We got to talk about a bunch of uh, subjects, and then uh, got into the karaoke and uh, did, did a few things. You know, had little little boys to men going on. You know, okay. maybe did a little little uh, Lenny Kravitz. You know, did a little bit, a little this, a little that. So yeah, hey, hey, you know, got got to man. But hey, Roman, how are you doing since last we spoke, man? How, what, what's going on with you? I'm doing well. I'm excited for this uh, 
this big weekend. We've got Lamar ready to handle business this weekend. Yeah. That's all I've been thinking about all week, it seems like. I'm so nervous, man. Like, like this is this is Roman, this is kind of what I would feel like. Like Louisville doesn't, of course, doesn't have an NFL team. But like I feel like Baltimore is Louisville's team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Baltimore is Louisville's NFL team. <laughs> like that literally. Every college, I mean, likes to likes to pay close attention to their best player or their most recent best player. And I think Lamar's <laughs> Yeah, you know, our best player ever. I want to say are definitely top three. So, um, it's it's nice to see that he's finally getting to this this far into it. And yes, he's got a real shot now at, at doing something great, and, and uh, he's also one of those guys that will always continue to rep the college he went to and where he where he you know built his name, and and that that's that's the best part of it, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's awesome, man. I, I I think, and I had said this um, on game day five hundred two uh, yesterday evening, but I said I do. I think that today, uh, the Ravens Chiefs game is probably going to be the most watched NFL game in the history of this city. Yeah. Like I, I feel like from three thirty until whenever this game goes final at seven o'clock or so. I don't feel like there's going to be anything happening in the city of Louisville except for people in front of a TV. Yeah. Because, you know, the thing about the NFL, man, is that it's just a complete different beast in terms of just attention and focus. Um, and in a city that is sports crazy, um, for one of their favorite sons in Lamar Jackson to be at this stage for the first time, I really and truly feel like everybody in the city is going to be watching this game somewhere. It's amazing. I mean, and then isn't, isn't Malik Cunningham also on that roster Malik as well? Malik Cunningham is on that roster so as that's, well. that's another cool, like, I don't think a lot of people realize that. Like, yeah. He has another chance to do something. Well, he's already done something great as a, you know, Louisville quarterback to – to make it to that level in the NFL. Yeah, no, nobody NFL, thought Malik you know? Cunningham was even going to make a roster, and now roster. he has a chance to get it to the Super Bowl I with think, Lamar. I mean, at this point, we don't want to see him play, but um, <laughs> right, he's <laughs> like there, it's not though. a good thing if he does get in the game, but it, it's, I mean, cool it's an amazing there, experience. It's cool yeah. that the Ravens you know, found, found a product in him, too, as well. Yeah, so. absolutely. And don't forget, you got Teddy Bridgewater, who's on the uh, Detroit Lions That's on the all, other yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of their backups as well. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you got three Louisville quarterbacks in uh, the AFC and NFC Championship games. That's cool. <laughs> I, I think, um, yeah, I think you're totally, you got, you, like you just said, everybody will be excited to see it. Everybody will be watching it. We haven't had a player in, in a long, I don't think, I can't name, I can't think of a player we've had of this importance on their NFL team go this far. I mean, so, Johnny Unitas, you okay, know, Unitas, is, is, is the the last guy that I can think of off the top of my head that was just a a star for their NFL team that you know get, get has gotten this far uh, in the playoffs. You know, like I, I believe Johnny U is the only other guy that I can think of. If I'm missing somebody or forgetting about somebody, y'all let me know because I mean we've had some some good level players be parts of teams, but as far as you know the Did recognizable face, Do we have a really good kicker who went on to be. Uh yeah we had we we've had a kicker David Akers David Akers you know he, didn't he win a Super Bowl with the Packers in 2011 uh, or something like um, that I want to say that David Akers was with um the Eagles um he was on several okay. of those okay. Eagles teams with um McNabb yeah. that continued to get to the NFC Championship game like 
<laughs> year in and year out, but the Eagles could not win. Right. But I'm trying. I'm trying to think if he was on the team that finally made it over the hump when they got Terrell Owens uh, with the Eagles, and they finally made the Super Bowl that year. I, I'm trying to think if uh, I think Akers was still the kicker on that team. But you know, and like I said, Louisville's had some got teams or pl- former players that have been on teams that had success and you know got this far. But in terms of being like a face of the franchise or or the the no doubt star player, I think um, um, Johnny Unitas is the only guy that was the leader of his team that made it that far. Um, you know, I, and this that's why it's so different with Lamar being there and being on this stage. You know that he's he's made it to this point. I feel like everybody in the city is gonna be watching this game. They better be. They should be. You know, like I really do. Like that that is, um, I think no doubt, um, gonna this is gonna be an absolutely humongous um, game. It's gonna be humongous for uh, the local fans. And, and honestly, if if uh, the Ravens, and I almost said Louisville, if if the Ravens find a way to win this game. I think there's going to be people celebrating around here like like they would if Louisville got to the Final Four. Dangerously. Like Like Baltimore is Louisville's team and they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like literally, I I think it's going to be like that. I think that it's going to be absolutely just bonkers. I will be like that. I can say that. You know? Oh, yeah. For the the people who have been closely following Lamar and his time in the NFL – I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's obviously most special for the U of L fans, but for those people who are you know also NFL followers and <clears throat> have you know I don't want to say became but quote unquote became Ravens fans. Yes, the, it's super special for these people too because he's gotten you know you look at his rookie year he won two playoff games didn't he he came in right at the end of the season he won or won they won the first game and then lost in the next round or something like that he's. He's had a team around. He's already had good teams. He's already had, yeah. oh, well, that team could do something, and then they didn't. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's cool that he's finally to this point. He's got to this championship game. He has a chance, you know, a, a better roster, a better team around him right now than I think the other side. Um, and it's just it's just amazing that he's gotten this far. And, he, you know, there's that quote from the night he got drafted where he t- says it. He says, they're going to get a Super Bowl out of me, talking about, yeah. The Ravens and 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 how he's he glad called his shot. Yeah, so I think it's times. I think the time's coming. I think we're near. So and, and I just checked by the way, Roman. Yes, this is the first time that that a face of the franchise guy for Louisville has been yeah. to this stage since uh, United. United's won the Super Bowl back with the 1970 Baltimore Colts. So it was another quarterback in the city of Baltimore winning a championship in Johnny Unitas. Yeah, I think Akers, I want to say David Akers was on two losing Super Bowl. Because 2013, didn't the Ravens win in 2013 with Joe Flacco? I believe so. Well, that was against San Francisco. I want to say it was like Colin Kaepernick or something. Somebody, 2013 he lost, he went three for three, and then 2005 he lost, he didn't have an attempt. So and so yeah, I mean so so there you go. So absolutely like this, but this is for for a guy you know for like for a guy who um you know who could literally be considered the you know the best guy in the game the you know the best player in the game the uh, opportunity to 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 carry his team this far. Um, Lamar is in rarefied air. It has not happened in a very long time. Yeah. So um, you know I'm just very odds, very excited. Beating the odds. He, the naysayers who said he was a running back. He's there now. Now now you can't deny him. And I think even if he you know doesn't go on to win the Super Bowl, 
he's in that category no matter what now. And um, that even that's just – it's cool to see. Yes, and, and in fact, that, that Super Bowl, uh, you know, back, of course, remember, uh, the Patriots knocked off the Eagles uh, with uh, the um, Eagles getting there behind Donovan McNabb and da- David Akers was the, the field goal kicker uh, of record in that game and had a pretty decent game, actually, but unfortunately was not able to get it done. So, yeah, David Akers is definitely uh, a guy who has done a lot of the heavy lifting once yeah. he's gotten – uh, to this level, he was a rec- he's a record breaker on a few, oh, yeah. few different ways. I think you know, absolutely, absolutely. But this is going to be Lamar's chance. I think the city is going to be very, very excited about it. Um, we're going to, of course, uh, later on in the show, get into um, kind of the the nuts and bolts of what we expect to see uh, from both the uh, the Ravens versus Kansas City Chiefs. I want to get both Haven and uh, Roman's opinions about this whole um, Kelsey. You know the, the the Taylor Swift thing uh, is, is are are they tired of the the whole Taylor Swift thing? Is there a uh, you know? There's a lot of people talking about there's a conspiracy that the NFL wants Taylor Swift to get there, so they've kind of loaded the game up with some questionable officials <laughs> and all these types of things. But we're gonna get into that in hour number two. Of course, in hour number one, we always like to keep it local. We like to keep it. Um, kind of specific on University of Louisville, University of Kentucky, uh, both football and basketball. Um, and that's where we're going to start uh, today. Of course, University of Louisville uh, is going to be taking on the Virginia Cavaliers for the second time this year, uh, this afternoon, 12 noon, uh, in the KFC Yum Center on the CW. Uh, they will be taking on Virginia, Tony Bennett, uh, and his team back in the saddle, the team that we love to hate playing the most boring basketball in the world. Uh, Louisville's going to be taking on uh, Virginia, uh, trying to get back on the good foot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Haven Harrington is running in the door, so uh, uh, going to hop him uh, on one of these microphones as well. Haven, you go ahead and you hop on in there. So good to see you. Uh, but, you know, Louisville, uh, I think back to once they came off of their long Christmas break and it was announced that Kenny Payne was not going to be going any, anywhere and he was going to be part of Louisville, um, you know, he got Louisville off to a decent start. You know, they, they didn't come out and win immediately out of the block, but Kenny did find a way uh, to knock off a uh, University of Miami team on the road. That was a huge win. Uh, it was a huge success. Uh, you know, and a feather in his cap, people started to say, well, you know, maybe Kenny, maybe this is the start of something different. You know, of course, he had lost the games at Virginia. They started the first game after the break with a loss at this very Virginia team, as well as a, a tough loss to Pittsburgh at home. But then they did get that win on my against Miami. Unfortunately, he has not carried over that momentum, at least in terms of winning. Uh, they've lost their last four games, the home game at NC State. They went on the road last week. Uh, you know, lost uh, to North Carolina and Wake Forest before losing earlier this week uh, against Duke uh, at home on Tuesday evening. Uh, so, you know, I feel, fellas, like that momentum is gone. You know, I feel like all of the good feelings that were a part of uh, getting that, that big win against Miami, it feels like all that momentum has gone away. Like, I don't think, like, people still – feel the same way about it, even though there's some individual guys that are playing well, you know, like Scott Clark, um, Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Um, do you still feel any of that momentum? Like, or is, or is, is, you know, are we feeling to the way it was back when they were having a very difficult end to their, their month of December? Well, 
I, I'll say this: um, we did, we had great energy in those in that game versus Miami, and even in that game against NC State. Um, the the you could tell that there was some kind of aroma on the on the court when they were playing that they felt like they could win, yeah. right? And then you go into North Carolina, you take a tough one after not a bad first half. Yeah. Yeah, and then you go into Wake even Forest. in the second half against North Carolina, they got as close yeah. as a five point game. Yeah, in the yeah, yeah. Half. they had a lot of moments in the second half where I was like, okay, hold on now, and I started paying a lot closer attention. Um, and then same thing at Wake Forest, you have a you know not not terrible terrible first half in terms of your own. Well, it wasn't great, but it wasn't. We've had worse. Yeah, and then second half, same thing. You get these moments, you get a little comeback. We've got to cut it in within eleven nine whatever, and then. You know, a couple turnovers and you're back down. And I just don't see it anymore. I don't see that energy anymore. I don't see the, you know, the team looking as if they think they can win. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like the team had lost has lost a little something. Like, uh, you know, like I said, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield is playing extremely well right now. Um, you know, he put up a very good fight against, uh, you know, the big men for Duke. Uh, Filipowski and Mark Mitchell. I mean, you know, he had what twenty points, eleven rebounds. I mean, he he did a lot uh, in that game to try to help Louisville. But it just feels like Louisville, it, their defense, man, it, like the, the, it's unbelievable how bad they are defensively. Me and my dad were having a conversation um, talking about this Louisville team, and you know, he's trying to explain to me why you know Kenny needs to get more time and why Kenny. You know that while they're doing things and they're turning the quarter, and I'm like, honestly, pops, I feel like Louisville hasn't gotten any better from last year. I feel like it's the same team as last year. I just feel like Louisville has better players this year. Like I feel like Sky Clark um, is an upgrade over L. Ellis. I feel like Brandon Huntley Hatfield, of course, is playing much better than he was for Louisville last year. Um, I feel like Curtis Williams Jr. and Tyler Johnson are two freshmen that were, are making impacts that our freshmen last year didn't play. I just feel like there's better players offensively. So I think that it's making some of these games closer. But when I look at the nuts and bolts of why Louisville was bad last year, it's the same reason why they're horrible this year. It's their defense. Like Louisville is a good offensive team right now that they are shooting the ball very well um i mean uh, sky clark has been on absolute tear shooting the ball curtis williams has had some big time breakout games as well they're playing you know shooting close to 50 percent from the field and shooting over 40 percent from three um over their last i think four or five games so i mean their offense has been there but the problem is they are giving up at, against Power Five opponents this year, fellas, they are aver- uh, they are giving up an average of eighty two points per game. Okay, so when you're giving up eighty two points per game, you're talking about having to basically score in the mid eighties, you know, to even be able to win half of those. You're you're asking your team to outscore the other the other team. Yes, and that's just like Louisville hasn't averaged eighty five points per game, but I think a couple of times in their history. I was trying to get some numbers on that, uh, but, but from my man Kelly Dickey, but I wasn't able to get it get a hold to him. But I think there's only been a couple of teams that's even averaged in those mid upper eighties. Like so, you're talking. Uh, you're asking these players to be literally one of the best two or three best offensive teams in the history of the school just to be able to compete, and that's just you can't. You can't exist like that. No. Haven Harrison, you over there? Where are you at? What, what, what microphone are you on? Let's see. I don't know. What's what's he doing over there? Try the blue one. Or the red one, I mean. 
Yeah, it's always red and black. The red and black are the two that work. Blue is blue is a little iffy. So let's just try that again. You gotta say something, Haven. I'm gonna say something else. Nothing. Nothing. No, I ain't got nothing. Make sure that stuff is plugged in. We'll have to might have to get you together and break. Because uh, yeah, usually red and black's working. But no, I, I will get to you. But you know, I mean, I, I just it to me, it's asking a lot. To go out there and just say, you know what, you, you, fellas, well, we need eighty, you know, eighty-five to ninety points to win today, and, and it just seems like that's where we're at, and that's what basically Louisville is asking their teams to do. The only reason they're not getting blown out the way they did last year is a, I, I think that these guys have a better motor. I think they are definitely playing hard. Like you know, all the lamenting last year of all oh, these players just don't care; they're just quitting on the team. I think that these players are high-motor guys. Mike James is a high-motor guy. Um, Tyler Johnson is a high-motor guy. These freshmen want to come out there and play hard as they can. Uh, Caleb Glenn is a high-motor guy. And I think that finally um, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield has learned to be a high-motor guy. So I think you it's not, it's not even a question of guys that are giving up. And it's not even a question of being able to score the basketball because these guys are doing all that. But guess what? They're still losing. And it's because there is no defensive structure. This is two years in a row where Louisville has been ridiculously bad defensively. They were the worst defensive team in the Power Six last year, finishing the season ranked as the 355th rated uh, effective defensive team, Okay, which is horrible. Like, that is terrible. They were by far the worst team. This year, they're 305th. Okay, they're still the second worst defensive team in the power six only in front of DePaul who's just absolutely terrible and they just fired their coach so that's literally where Louisville is and when you can basically say that through two years of the Kenny Payne regime you are either the worst or the second worst defense in all of the power six conferences that should be enough right there that's that's the answer you know, because you have guys that are offensively talented. We've seen what these guys can do. We saw these guys go out there and perform well on the road against number four North Carolina. That's not a fluke. That tells me that they have talent. The problem is they don't have a defensive game plan at all. Like, Louisville should not be losing all of these games, especially not the way that they've been losing them. And I mean, to the team. You watch them, they'll just get confused on a basic switch and it's a wide open layup. Yeah, nobody knows what the other guy's doing. Like, the, the, that's, the, that's the biggest problem right now is that, you know, everybody's just kind of on their own page and just kind of doing their own thing defensively. They don't, they don't know whether they're helping. They don't know if they're, they're switching. They don't know if they're hedging and getting back. You know, that there's no specific rules to where if the ball goes to one corner, if there's going to be a double team, if it goes to the post, where that double's going to come from. You have two and three guys helping at one time, which leaves opposite shoot, uh, side shooters wide open. Like, there's just a million different things going on, and there is no plan. And that's the problem. And this two years in, if the defense looks this bad, there is no more, oh, all he needs is time. There is no more just give it a little bit you know, yeah, just give it a little. A, defense is a by game basis. No, it's by terrible. Game three last year, there should have been a been a drastic change. You you well, said not, not game three, I guess, but you know, you make changes like that, you got to notice that way sooner than he has. No, you, but no, you, you're saying game three is absolutely right. The reason why is because you set your defensive standards and how you expect to play in the summertime. Yeah, the, you know, when these guys get in here in uh, early or late May, early June. 
when they get here, that's when you start uh, installing your defense. That's when you start start installing your system and you teach your rules of how you play, um, how you defend, and those types of things. Most every team that starts a basketball season, the first thing they do is work on their team defense because that's the hardest thing to be able to get, especially young teams, to get good at. That's why with the University of Kentucky, Coach Calipari doesn't even start teaching offense until almost August because all they're doing is working on their defensive rotations and getting these uh, young players to figure out how you have to play defense at the University of Kentucky. Yeah. And instead of Louisville being able to have this, you know, defensive first focus type of effort, because the reason they always start with defense, I'm explaining this to everybody, and then we're going to go to break. The reason they always start with defense, okay, is because defense is not about talent. Defense is about preparation, game planning, and effort. That's all it is, okay? Talent, you know, having a lot of talent, having size and length and athleticism, that's more of what helps impact you on the offensive end. Defense is all about game planning and structure. Okay, so that's why they just go repetitive, 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 trying to teach you exactly how you need to play, how you have to rotate, the effort that has to be given, and you drill that into them for months. So that way, once the season starts, the first thing that that, that is a non-negotiable is that we're going to defend our way on every possession and then you start to install the offense later on in the preseason and then into the season you continue to add to the offense but the defense should almost already be completely done by the time the season started and instead we have two Kenny Payne teams that defensively the first year they were horrible defensively and got worse as the season went along, which is something I've never seen before. And this year, Louisville's defense has just been bad throughout. They've not gotten better. They've not gotten worse. They're all they're just the same. They're just a bad defensive team. You know, game in and game out. They've gotten better offensively. They've improved offensively, which is the funny thing, is that both years under Kenny Payne, the offense was kind of suspect to begin and has gotten better. But the defense has not improved at all. There's no communication on defense. No, and, and you just you, you can't win like that. You, you can't win like that. Um, it's something that we're going to have to figure out um, if we're going to be able to make any sort of hay this year. So, you know, I, I, there's just a lot of questions that have to be answered defensively uh, with this team. Um, it's super, super frustrating. And, you know, th- there has been some very interesting uh, things and, and commentary that have come out. Josh Hurd actually came out talking about uh, the state of the program with Louisville basketball. I want to get hay and Roman's uh, thoughts on that. And I just want to hear Haven's voice. So we got to get these uh, these uh, technical issues worked out. But you are listening to Wake Up 502. This is Rashawn Myers, intern Roman, Haven Harrington taking care of you this morning. 96.1 and 1450. We are the Big X and we'll be back. Welcome back in. Welcome back in. 
Game uh, Game Day Five Game Day Five Hundred Two was last night. Wake up Five Hundred Two this morning. Ninety six point one FM, fourteen fifty AM. Uh, we are the Big XWXVW here, coming to you live uh, here in Louisville, Kentucky, getting you ready uh, for your college basketball game day. College basketball, the Haven Harrington starting to take front and center stage. Let's try you again. How are you doing this morning, sir? I'm doing just fine. Hey, yeah, yeah. I don't. What happened? How did I don't understand what happened? I, I'll tell you, I was working on them microphones. And they weren't working. But we got Haven Harrington working now. Roman, you in there good? You good, you good yeah, to go? I'm doing good. My man, there we go. So, first of all, Haven Harrington, how are you doing? Uh, how's your, your morning going? Uh, you know, you doing all right this morning? I'm counting it down, man. Yeah, are you excited? Very excited. I'm t- So, now, Haven Harrington did bring up a good point. He said he texted me. Uh, but, of course, I was scrambling trying to get things together here in the station in the studio. Um, but he pointed out Phil Sims. Who was a native of Louisville. Went to Southern High School, baby. Went to Southern High School. Did, in fact, win a Super Bowl. And I said, yes, that is true. But Phil Sims did not play at the University of Louisville. Um, so I feel like, you know, while Phil Sims absolutely is a native son, I feel like, um, you know, when you talk about the stars for the University of Louisville, it's pretty much Unitas and Lamar. Like and they both play the Baltimore. Yeah, and they're both in the city of Baltimore, which is crazy. Baltimore owes us absolutely, time. absolutely. So you know, I, I I do. I feel like this is going to be a just a crazy. This is going to be a crazy, crazy weekend for the city of Louisville um, as, as Lamar gets ready for that. But Haven Harrington, we of course have been talking. We started out talking about uh, you know Louisville basketball, where we're at. Um, you know, it does feel like it seems like the momentum from that Miami victory on the road handing. Jim Laranega, their first loss in like 25 games. They had had like a 25-game home winning streak. Louisville was able to snap that. People really got excited about it. But over the last four games, um, you know, the Cardinals have not been able to hold that up. They've had some some nice attempts. Um, you know, they only lost by six to, to NC State at home right after Miami. Um, they played North Carolina close for a while. They played Duke close for a while. Really never played – well, I guess they were close for about a half against Wake Forest before – is getting blown out. Like, what do you think about this team? Like, there's a lot. There's some people that are saying that Kenny has turned a corner, and that you know this that they all they need is a little bit more. Um, you know, I see it more as um, more of the same. You know, it just really feels like we're just having this Groundhog's Day. Like, what 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 do you think about about where they are? Um, and then we can get into kind of Josh Hurd's comments. It's more of the same, but it's different. Right. Okay. So last year, about this time, Louisville's teams played hard. They didn't play any defense. They could score the ball, but they couldn't score it as well as, as they could score it this year. Yes. But his teams last year routinely gave up. And in the second half, like you saw them literally just give up game after game after game after game after yes. game. This year's team doesn't give up. They score the ball. They score the ball much better than last year's team. Yeah, this is a much better offensive team than than last year. Yeah, last team. year it seemed to be just kind of like um, L. Ellis or bust. Yes, like they have more options this year. Yeah, like this year, Mike James could light up from three. You know, Sky Clark. Yeah, Sky Clark. Hunley Hatfield down below is tearing people up in the paint. So this is a much much more balanced team. They actually share the ball. They actually have assists this year. Or last year they had like zero assists. This year they actually have assists. They're rebounding this year. Mm-hmm. Where last year they, the team didn't rebound at all. They almost got out-rebounded by everybody, even teams like half their size. 
they can now rebound it. But this year, you know, they're rebounding, they're blocking out, they're hustling. They're doing all that stuff. But the one constant in the Kenny Payne era is that both of his teams don't play defense. And that is the one constant so far in the Kenny Payne era. Like this team, if this team played even a modicum of defense, it can maybe get into mid-hundreds uh, as far as like defensive rank. This maybe will only be like a five or six loss team <laughs> instead of the other way around, instead of just a five or six win team, right? So yeah. six win team, it, it, it would be flip-flopped, and they may have only lost maybe like five or six games. I agree. If they could play defense. I mean, at an average level. I'm not even yeah. talking about playing being a great defense. That's saying, it, it, just be an average defense. Yeah, if they can make it to the hundreds. Yeah. Like some places, like 100, 150. Like if they could be ranked 150 in defense, this would be – a completely different team, and we would be having conversations about what our seed would be in the in, in the tournament. Yeah. In, instead of we know we're not going to make the tournament, we know we can get probably bounced in the first round of the ACC tournament, and then the season's over. Yeah, I mean, and, and that seems to be where we are. And it was just one of those things that it just seems like uh, at this point we're kind of back into this same mode where it's it's back to just okay are we going to win another game or when are we going to win another game we know that the schedule definitely gets a lot easier um as we turn the calendar from uh, January to February um the February schedule is um i guess conceivably lighter um so i think there's possibly yeah, you know, some wins the out like, there but that's all relative cuz this team has shown that it it literally plays to level of its competition that's true that is true. Yeah. So so even as the schedule gets lighter, what we've seen so far with this team, as talented as they are, they tend to play to the level of the competition instead of playing at a level and keeping that level. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, no, you're right. And, and Josh heard there was a EULA board meeting yesterday. It was already scheduled. It was already on the calendar. So don't, don't nobody get excited thinking that they were <laughs> discussing the basketball program specifically or making any changes it was already on the calendar and Josh Hurd got the opportunity to speak with the media after uh you know everything got said and done um and, and one of the things that, that Josh Josh said of course because media had questions about the basketball program and the state of the program Josh said and I quote uh, I'm just continuing to try to communicate and say hey what can we do individually or collectively to get this program where we all expect it to be I'm well aware that this program uh, this fan base isn't into moral victories and so after every game, I feel like every day it's consuming. What I'm doing right now, and I know it's consuming Kenny and his staff as far as how do we get better? How does this basketball program get back to where we all expect it to be? And that expectation is a high bar, but nobody's going to run from that, and we're going to do everything we can to get this program back where we all want it and expect it to be, end quote. Um, and that was what he had to say, and I thought there was a couple of interesting things uh, when he made that commentary. First of all, the fact that he said there is no moral victories, which I like to hear that because we've heard the moral victory thing. Hey, we're winning the second half. We're outscoring teams in the second half. Hey, we kept this close and got it to five before we got blown out. Like a lot of that going along, going on. So I, I am glad to hear that moral victories aren't a thing. Um, and, and the other thing that stood out to me is that he um, said, that, yeah, this is a high bar that's been set. You know, and, and this is a little bit different tone and tenor than the last time he talked about, you know, the basketball program where he said, you know, well, uh, you know, we need to see some cash deposits being made um, by, you know, this coaching staff, and we just need to see them improve. It was definitely a much more resolute-sounding Josh Hurd 
Like, it feels like, and, and I will tell you, Heard, who looked so young and energetic when he first got the job, he's <laughs> looking a little looking a little old. Looks like it's one of those presidential term type things. Like, like, a, like Obama went from black hair yeah. <laughs> the first go around to literally like snow white hair like two years later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, Josh Hurd's looking a little old. He's like, it's looking like this thing is wearing on him greatly, and it really seems like he is fully engaged in trying to get this thing figured out. So, like, he sounded like a guy that's not interested in more trickle-down uh, economics in terms of getting better and getting wins. It doesn't feel like he's ready for a six-year rebuild. I mean, like, you literally, like, the basketball program in the span of uh, who knows how many years, like two years, yes, has gone from the most profitable basketball program, college basketball program in the country. Yes, to having a $2 million deficit. $2 million deficit in terms of ticket sales, expected ticket sales. $2 million. You know how much money that is in terms of total revenue? Well, it's not, it's not, it's not even total revenue when you think about it as you go from literally being the most profitable basketball program in the country by yeah. far. Yeah. I mean, not even a close margin. Like You're like $10, $12 million yeah. ahead of the next best school. An easy Ten to twelve million dollars ahead of everybody else. It's now negative two. I mean, two million dollars. But see, but the, the the ticket sales is just the beginning. Because if you talk about unsold tickets or where they expected this, uh, the ticket sales to go, that means no one buying drinks. That means no one buying food. No one getting programs. Nobody buying merchandise. Nobody spending money in the downtown market. And, and you know, we've talked about how the the impact of you know the downtown economy has been hit but i'm going to take that a step further because fellas and, and roman I, I, i'm gonna tell you where i was at i was over at the bw3s over on shelbyville road last saturday okay i had to do mm -hmm. some running around uh drop my son off so he could go get some things done so i was like you know what let me go to the local watering hole i'm gonna watch the you know the rest of this first half and watch the second half of this louisville wake forest game so i go to bw3s over there there's probably 35 40 tvs and b-dubs uh easy e easy there was not a single television that was on the Louisville game when I went into B-dubs. Wow. 40 televisions in a sports-specific restaurant, okay? Like, sometimes maybe the game's not on if you're at, like, I don't know, Havana Rumba, just because, they, you know, maybe <laughs> one, they're not paying attention One TV. To yeah, what well, one TV, two, three TVs. Look at you going to upscale on you know, Havana Rumba. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, like, if you're going somewhere like that, maybe the game's not on. But when you're at BW3s, a place that's literally geared for the local sports fan to come in and watch their games, you have 40 televisions and not a single TV was on the Louisville game. I literally had to ask the say, woman. Did you have to ask a Yes, server? I had to ask one of the servers, uh, ma'am, you know, see that big TV that has, like, I don't know, like the bingo game going on it? <laughs> Can you, like, turn that to the Louisville game? It has the Jenga terminal from yeah. the Ocho on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like I had to ask for a Louisville game to be played and be turned on on a Saturday afternoon in Louisville, Kentucky. Five years ago, it would have been Louisville fans in there. It packed. would have been packed. There was no one there, and no one that was there that was there. You know, the, the, it was probably about ten percent capacity. There was only ten percent people there, and of, of the place filled, and no one was watching the game. Gosh, I mean, and so that's why it's not even just a downtown economic impact anymore. Kenny Payne is bad for the economy of the city. Period. No one is watching games. No one is coming out. No one is gathering. Everybody's losing money because of this dude. Like, this cannot continue.
Like, it's unbelievable. The Malays, no one cares. I didn't even know who Louisville played today until I was listening to Bobby V, and he just mentioned that it was Virginia. So, I knew Louisville was going to play a game. I had no idea who they were playing. So, like, here's the thing, right? And this is a conversation that you and I had midweek. Yes. And I want to I want to turn this out there to our, our loyal listeners. And I, I want to get their thoughts. Absolutely. And I know this is going to be controversial, but just bear with me. Please bear with me. But I know a lot of Louisville fans consider themselves or, or consider our program to be a top 10 basketball program of all time. Yes. That we are the Blue Bloods of basketball, right? So, so like, we all know the Blue Bloods of football. Your Alabamas, your Notre Dames, Ohio States, USC, Texas, the Blue Bloods, right? Yes. But we consider ourselves to be the Blue Bloods of basketball. Yes. Up there with the Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky. Right, but are we really? Then there's a the question: Are we really a blue blood program? Because I and the reason I ask that question is: What other top tier blue blood program would have let Kenny Payne stay on after going four and twenty eight his first year? Now I'm, I'm being serious. Like, and at least if you're gonna let him stay on, there needed to be big time changes with the coaching staff. Big time change with coaches. Some something would need to change, right? Yes. And would he still be coaching after only winning six games so far in the second season? Like, can you imagine any coach at Kentucky ever winning four games and not having like the pitchforks? Almost like almost like a Frankenstein <laughs> movie, right? The, the people out there with the pitchforks and torches at his house with the U-Haul backing it up. And packing the stuff up after like the second practice. Yeah, I'm just serious. Like, like, could you win four I games mean, at Kansas? DePaul basketball fired Tony Stubblefield, and DePaul basketball has been the worst Power Six team forever. Like, and even they were like, you know what? This is enough. We may be crappy, but we're not this crappy. And they beat Kenny Payne, and right? they beat Louisville, <laughs> and he still got fired midseason. Yes. So, that, I mean, that, that just, you know, like, would Alabama football ever let one of their coaches win four games and keep their job? Ed Orgeron got fired at LSU after two two years after winning the national championship because he couldn't beat Alabama and had, like, a so-so season. Yeah. That was enough to run Ed Orgeron. Like, how many coaches at SEC football get fired for just being – a slightly above average. Yeah. Except for Vanderbilt, they don't count. <laughs> but, you know, in Kentucky. That's what. They don't count either. <laughs> or Mississippi State. Or Arkansas. So, or uh, uh, Ole South Miss. Ca- no. or, or, or South Carolina. Like, okay. Me and but, Ole Miss fans. Because they're not blue blood, so they don't count in this conversation. Yeah. But can you imagine being just a middling dude at Notre Dame, winning four games, and people say, eh, give him another year and see what happens. Oh, yeah. no. No. No, I mean it's just it's it was shocking to me how bad it's been, and, and I'm gonna encourage you. And Roman, you know, you hang out with the young folks, you know what I'm saying? So you you hang out with with people that are way cooler than me and Haven because we're old and lame. Let's speak for yourself. But you know, uh, <laughs> when you go out, I mean, 
just take a look at that and, and look at the you know when, when Louisville has a game on look look at these local establishments it it at first I thought it was just a downtown Louisville problem no. I'm starting to realize no. that this is just a there's no one watching anywhere I mean even a few years ago when Louisville still wasn't hadn't figured it back out yet the ball like I had buddies who would stop going to bars to watch U of L just just flat out a stop before Kenny Payne and now they don't even turn the TV on you know, um, and, and and it's sad. Like I'm talking to like a handful of buddies of mine who were d- like not diehard fans, but really, really intense Louisville fans at one point, and they don't even care anymore. They couldn't tell you Louisville's record right now. Yeah, and it's sad. It's, it's sad. sad. No one knows when they play. They don't know who they play. I don't know. Who, I forgot they were playing Virginia. I had no idea. Until I heard, you don't really know all week what time the Louisville game is and what day. I had to keep, I, I had to keep checking my phone all week what time the game was that Saturday. I just keep forgetting because I just, yeah, there's just not a high priority on the outcome. Yes. So, I mean, it's like me. I'm up there arguing with my dad. My dad is one of those just he just it wants to give Kenny all. These, he's like, just give him a chance. I was like, what has Kenny Payne done to earn another chance and another opportunity? This is not Training Wheels University. We don't have a head pat head coach in basketball. Like, this is Louisville basketball. And all these people trying to just baby Kenny Payne when he's a grown-ass man making $3.5 million a year to captain one of the best programs in the history of the sport. And all these people wanting to baby this man is ridiculous to me. But can you still say that we're one of the best programs? That's what I'm saying. I mean, because this isn't. What the best programs do, it's fair. Like, like you've, like you've always told me, and argue with me that this is not a football school. Yeah, it, it's definitely right? it's it's trending that way, right? Like you've yeah. argued with me, this is not a football school. Yeah, no, you're right. We're, we're year two in a Kenny Payne's tenure, right? Yeah. All the coaches in football, they even approach only winning four games in season. Yeah, where I literally let go like that. See, like that season, right? Yeah. Ron Cooper won one game. Gone. Cragthorpe. Gone. Yeah. Nah, hey, hey, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know what? To that point, when we come back, hour number two, we're going to get into this new football schedule. I want to get Haven and Roman's opinions on Ooh, yeah, uh, what, what that schedule is going to look like early. You are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven's Heritage, intern Roman, and we'll be back on the Big X. I was wondering, you know, if, if you could keep on because the force, it's got a lot of power and it, it makes me feel like, uh, it, it makes me feel like, Welcome back in. Welcome back in. Little Michael Jackson coming back. Hour number two, Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, intern Roman taking care of you here. We are the Big X, and it is going down here on a beautiful Saturday morning. A little bit overcast, but definitely a, not li- a lot nicer than it has been. That, that cold, that, that winter weather last week about killed me, y'all. You know what I'm saying? That, that Heat and air was getting, uh, having to run that stuff too much, running up my, my heat bill, had to keep the water running to keep the pipes from freezing. Water bill is going to be humongous. I, I'm just not a fan of the cold weather. Like, I, I, I am not, 
I just don't like none of it. Nope. I, I just I, I don't like it either. No, no, no. And under thirty degrees stuff is not <laughs> no not fun. No, not at all. But you know, we we made it through. It's I I, I don't know when the the next big wave of cold is going to be coming, but uh, at least for now. Uh, it seems to be, you know, at least to be subsided a little bit. I'll take it. I'll take anything I can at this point. But I, I tell you what, man, we have been talking a lot of um, uh, basketball to get this this thing this thing started. Um, but right now we have uh, a schedule, a football schedule that is out there and available. Uh, you know, Jeff Brom has been killing it on the uh, transfer portal. He's been killing it in terms of announcements of guys that are going to be coming back uh, to the University of Louisville, Jermaine Lole, Quincy Riley, Ashton Gelati, to name the uh, primary superlatives, uh, you know, Ben Perry. Um, but now we know what's going on uh, with University of Louisville football. Um, you know, we know what's going on with, uh, you know, with, the, with who we will be playing. They're going to be starting out the year um, with a couple um, of big-time uh, – uh, you're, well, not necessarily big time, but a couple of uh, Haven. What would you call Jacksonville State and uh, Austin P? <laughs> How would you categorize them? Perennial powers, man. <laughs> a couple of warm up games. Let's just say warm up games. Perennial powerhouses of their respective leagues. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jacksonville State beat FSU. I was there when it happened on a last second bomb. Yeah. Took down. The mighty FSU Seminoles in Tallahassee, I may add. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, yeah, but not really. I, I mean, yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah. I mean, actually, they did win the game. I actually was there <laughs> at the game when they won. But yeah, no, Jacksonville State, no, that's that should be a pushover. You and, know, I, yeah. and Austin P is yes, that's practice. That's like preseason football. Teams that would beat us in basketball. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I, I, every, any, anybody would beat us in basketball. That's not even fair, Roman. <laughs> but, how, how dare you besmirch Jacksonville State? But, you know, we, we were able to get that. The ACC released, the, you know, the, the dates for all of the games, and we got to get the, uh, the full picture of the football schedule together. Um, we, you know, Louisville did, does start out with the two um, early games, um, for, you know, against the two non-power teams in Austin P. Uh, and um, and Jacksonville State. Then they have an early bye week. Like I don't know how I feel I about like that. that. I don't like that with what with what's coming after that. Really? Yeah. Like I, it's kind of weird to have a bye week that early, but they you know they they do have the the P and Jacksonville State game. So the only thing I can say is you know getting the rotations down, figuring out you know who needs to be where. Um, that's about the only good thing I can say about it. But they have the early bye week after those first two games versus Austin P Jacksonville State. Then they uh, have an, an invite, Jack, uh, excuse me, Georgia Tech back to the city after a you know a great game last year against Georgia Tech down there uh, at the uh, Georgia Dome, yeah. uh, which we were uh, you know had the pleasure to be able to be there and be a part of Haven Harrington. That was an amazing time. Uh, but they bring in Georgia Tech, and then they go at the end of the month, September twenty eighth, on the road at Notre Dame. Like I feel like. There's an opportunity there to where Louisville should definitely be three and zero, in my personal opinion. Yes. Um, they should be three and zero going into mm-hmm. that game with a with probably playing Notre Dame for an opportunity to be ranked in the top ten. Yeah, 
you know, I, I Notre Dame, of course, uh, they got they have Riley Leonard who came over from Duke, so they're going to be good once again. Um, but I, I fully expect that Louisville's going to have an opportunity there because if they can find a way to go up to South Bend and get that win, you have four straight games that you would think that Louisville should have a decent opportunity. They come back home and take on SMU. They go on the road at UVA, which is always a weird game, but, you know. Winnable. Winnable. Um, then they come back home to face, you know, uh, the, the fighting Hurricanes of Miami, which is always a fun game. But Louisville plays really well against Miami, especially at home. But we get Miami early, and Miami tends to be a, a different team early in the season. Yeah, versus- well, October 19th is almost dead in the middle of the season. So you have no idea what Miami team we're going to get. Yes. Yeah, this is usually – about the time when they start their their little swoon, so it's 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 <laughs> right on the cusp of when Miami usually starts to turn crappy <laughs> every year. So Cristobal and, and company coming down on the nineteenth. Then they go. They have a road trip up in Chestnut Hill uh, at Boston College. Okay, and then lastly, before their next bye week, they go on the road, following up their road game at Boston College with a game at Clemson, which is probably going to be. In my personal opinion, the game that can toughest game we will play it's that, the, yet that season. It's the toughest game, and I think it's more than likely going to be the game that's going to dictate um, Louisville's chances at a ACC championship. Yeah, regular season. Um, because I, I think prior to that, of course, the the um, road game at Notre Dame is is a difficult one, but it doesn't count against your ACC schedule. So honestly, looking at the schedule, there's going to be a very good chance that Louisville's either sitting at one loss or no losses going into that Clemson game. So Louisville could possibly be playing for the driver's seat in the ACC um, against Clemson. More than likely they will be That's on November 2nd, November, yep. day after my birthday. That would hmm. be, be a wonderful birthday present. It would be. I, I, I would enjoy that. So they have that road game at Clemson. Then they have their second bye week of the year, uh, and they get to rest and relax after that, that slobber knocker down there at Clemson, South Carolina, uh, before they head out to California, they head on the road. They play at Stanford, um, and then they come back home to finish off the home schedule with Pittsburgh before, of course, UK at the end of the year. Like, when I look at this schedule, Haven, it does not seem – it's better it, – I guess on paper, it looks better than – or more difficult than the schedule on paper last year. Of course, Louisville's schedule ended up being a lot better than what folks thought. So, you know, I don't know exactly in terms of power how difficult this schedule is, but it seems like a very manageable schedule. It does. I mean, you do, if I'm not mistaken, I believe like the last four out of five games Louisville plays at the end of the season on the road. So most of your home games. That's the toughest thing, yes. Yeah, because most of your home games are front-loaded and then you're almost on the road the entire last half of the season. So that's an issue. Um but no, this is with the talent that we've been bringing in. This is a very, very manageable schedule. I mean, last year was super, I'm not gonna say super easy, but you didn't get Florida State, you didn't get Clemson, yeah, which made your roll to the ACC uh, title much easier. This year, you got to be Clemson. Yeah, you have to be Clemson. Uh, if we beat Clemson, then regardless of what our record was before, then I think we have a really, really, really good chance of going back to the ACC title game. That's what it feels like. I mean, if it, like I said, it feels like with this game, like the, the game that I look is what's the most 
opportune Pittsburgh type game, like going on the road to Pittsburgh, a game that we expected to win. It was ugly weather, and we ended up losing. Obviously, is the game at Virginia. That that game at Virginia on October twelfth. That just feels like this might be the clunker game that Louisville's going to have to figure out a way to grind to win. You know, and and you know Jeff has been known to throw every year a clunker in there. Yeah. He, I mean, every year he had one at Western. He had one when he was at Purdue. And last year we had the, the Pittsburgh game. Yeah. Just, uh, I don't know how we lost these dudes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the at, the at Virginia and at Boston College on October 25th, those are probably your two opportunities where it's like, hmm, feels like that might be the one that's, that's sneaking, that's hanging out there for you. But, I mean, when you look at the schedule, I can't, if I'm a guy looking at, and I'm a fan of the University of Louisville, which I am, uh, looking at this schedule, I, I see opportunity with this schedule. It doesn't feel to me to be uh, you know overly daunting. Louisville, once again, does not have to play Florida State. Louisville does not have to play NC State this year, um, you know, which NC State is always very, very good. Um, they get Pittsburgh at home, which Louisville plays classically very well uh, against Pittsburgh at home, and they play classically very, very well at home against Miami. So, you know, I, it really feels like it's very manageable. I have no idea what to expect with Stanford. Um, you know, Stanford football has not been great. Have we? When's the last time we played them? I don't know if we've ever played. Have we ever played Stanford? I don't think. We, I don't think we have. No, we haven't. I haven't seen it. I, I don't believe Louisville has ever played Stanford. So I mean, you're going out there. That's going to be a completely new environment. You want to fly out to Stanford? Yes. You want to fly out to California? We should, we should go I out do. there. Okay, uh, uh, I Roman, do. you you want to make the trip out to Stanford? When is it? November sixteenth. My birthday is the thirteenth of November. Oh, no, there you go. There I'm we go. down. Oh, it, and speaking of which, speaking of birthdays. Guess who's going to hopefully? I know. If, if, if things work out right, I'm jealous. We'll be in Vegas the same time Lamar Jackson's in Vegas. Oh man, Haven Harrison is headed to Las Vegas, y'all. He's headed to Las Vegas, and I've never been more jealous in all my life. Super Bowl weekend, man. That is going to be at, at the, you know what I'm saying at, at the home of the Raiders, so you get to be out there at, at the at you know the Death Star. You're going to be out there in Vegas. And I'm going to be sitting at home just mad, cursing you out in my head. As I listen to <laughs> as I go to Luxor and listen to the Wu-Tang Clan start their residency in Vegas. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, no, that's going to be awesome, Haven Harrison. I'm, I'm very excited for you. Um, you know, I, I cannot wait. You know, my daughter is, is, is having a Super Bowl party. She called me up. Oh. My daughter called me up. She was like, hey. I was like, what's up, sweetie? She's like, I'm having a Super Bowl party. Okay. And the one thing you got to know about my kids, even though I'm like as big into sports as anybody, my kids pay no attention to sports at all. Like my son plays basketball and he doesn't even watch basketball. So like my kids are not the biggest sports nuts. So it was very interesting to hear my daughter like call me so excited about this. So I knew there had to be like ulterior motive or had to be something going on with it. I was like, oh, okay, that's great. That's awesome. So what's going on? She's like, well, we decided that me and all our friends are going to dress up as all of our favorite eras of Usher. I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, we're all going to dress up like, you know, Usher through all his different eras. I was like, oh, I said, so Usher's the, the half but halftime show, huh? He has eras? Yeah, right. Yeah, I was like, it's like Michael Jackson. So you be light skinned Michael Jackson. Basically, they're gonna have, they're gonna have a costume party, so everybody can dress up like Usher for the Super Bowl. That is my kids for the Super Bowl. 
So my daughter is having a Super Bowl party that has nothing to do with the Super Bowl. With Super Bowl. That's okay, though. <laughs> but they're going to all get dressed up and be cute and have little football hors d'oeuvres. The question is, which version of Ursula are you going to be? Who, me? Yeah, I, you. First of all, I will not be attending. My daughter would not want me there with her friends as like the old man. So, you know, I, I the, the, she's down in Lexington. Okay, so she's still down that way. But so. you're still hip. So, yeah. And and secondly, I don't think they want somebody who's going to be insane because I'm telling you right now. Oh, I know. If Baltimore is in the Super Bowl, I'm not going to be around anybody. You'll be crazy because I'm going to be crazy. Gosh, I wish I could go. I'm jealous of you, Haven. <laughs> I I don't want. That's why, honestly, uh, Roman. Like the, I don't even want to go out for because I know a lot of people ask me. You know, where am I going to watch the AFC Championship game? And where, <laughs> on where my couch. I, I don't want to be anywhere around anybody because. People will hate me by the end of the game. Yeah. Because I'm going to be an insane person. Oh, you will. I'm going to be an insane person. Like, I already know. There's going to be so many curse words that fly out of my mouth. I don't, I don't, I, I think I want to try to, <laughs> I want to host a little something, something somewhere. I want to be able to be around a lot of people I know for it. Yes. A lot of people I know who are ready to enjoy a good Lamar Jackson game. I, I, I am just, I know me and I know how crazy I am. To That's why for, for for big Louisville games, I'm never around anybody. Just shake it off. Because I am terrible. That's not true. I am terrible. That's not true. <laughs> I get crazy. I mean, I was around you for a national championship game in 2013. Yeah, but I was around people. I was going crazy. I was around people. So, like, we came out of halftime. We came out of halftime playing like that. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I'm not going to front. When I'll I, never forget. When I went to the Sugar Bowl. I cannot go as a member of the media <laughs> because I was li- I don't up, yeah I was staying up going crazy literally like yeah. from the time Floyd intercepted the ball I did not sit down even halftime I did not sit down at all <laughs> yeah like I just I I don't like people to see me like that Roman you know what I'm saying so I wouldn't like if you were having something I don't either I, I, I don't, would be like I don't Roman I, I, I don't would like love cussing at the TV yelling at the TV I don't like people to see that side of me because. You know, I like to keep it composed. I've got a yes. got a demeanor that I like to keep well, up. But well, if that's the case, Roman, may I suggest you become a Dallas Cowboys playoff? Fan? <laughs> <laughs> I know better than that. <laughs> that's and hilarious. No disappointment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm, at this point, it's not a disappointment. It's just like, yeah. But but let me ask you. But before we hop off of the schedule and then hop into this NFL thing, because that is definitely where we're turning to next. Let me ask you, Haven, with this schedule, what do you see? What what do you see on there? How, how many, like, well, what are you projecting in terms of wins for, for that schedule? And, Roman, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Like, just looking through that that early projection, home versus Austin P, home versus Jacksonville State. Well, let's just walk through. I, I'll walk you through. You tell me win or loss. Uh, Austin P. Win. Jacksonville State. Win. Georgia Tech at home. Win. At Notre Dame. Loss. Okay, I'm gonna say win. Okay, all right. You guys aren't gonna like my, the rest of mine, but I'll give. I'm gonna okay. be honest. That's with fair. You. That's fair. Uh, home versus SMU. Loss. Win. Ooh. Okay, so Haven sitting at five and zero. Romans at three and two. Uh, at Virginia. Win. Win. Okay. Easy win, honestly. Okay, so we're at six and zero. Romans at four and two. Uh, see at Virginia. We're at Virginia. Oh, did, did we did we do it? Virginia's a win. Okay, Virginia's yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, home versus Miami. I like us. This should be a win. Should be a win. Seven and zero. Okay, Havens is seven and zero. Roman at five and two. Uh, at Boston College. W. 
It's either that, either that or Pittsburgh's going to be a loss for us. So I'm not sure which one. Take a stand. Be a man. I, I'm going to say it's a loss. It's home versus Pittsburgh, by the way. Not at Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm going to say it's a loss. Okay. So you're at 7-1. and one. Roman, you said what? You said win? Yep. 6-2. Six 6-2. And six and okay. That's uh, our clunker game. At Clemson. Until he beat Clemson, I'm going to count them as a loss. Yeah. I, 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 as much as I want to say win – we should win, but we, we gotta, gotta go six and yet. three. I think they'll have a better roster. Okay, six and three for Roman, seven and two for Haven Harrington uh, at Stanford. I say we went out the rest. Okay, so yeah, we got them. So you think Stan- at Stanford, home versus Pittsburgh, and at Kentucky, you're all we, we end the streak in Lexington, and I want to go to it. Okay, We're- so. Uh, Haven Haven finishes the year at ten and two. Roman finishes the year at nine and three. Which is actually what I predicted last year. Yeah. You predicted ten and two for this past year? I did. Wow. He did. He did. did. So so that that, that, your way too early predictions for Louisville schedule. Go ahead and make your bets now. Roman says nine and three. Haven Harrington says ten and two. Uh, I am definitely on the ten and two. Um, I, I see the losses at Notre Dame and at Clemson, uh, like I, the, as as the most probable, I could definitely see. Like at some point, Louisville has to beat Clemson and Kentucky. You know. Oh no, we'll beat Kentucky this year. I agree. There's no reason. I, I felt that Jeff way. Jeff Brown this year. looked like he was ready to to just bust. Yeah, that I think he'll prioritize that game like it's the ACC championship, yeah. even. Like, but I could also see, uh, of course, as always, beating Notre Dame. And then losing to, like we said, Boston College. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can see. Uh, I mean, Jeff Jeff's going to have a clunker, a head scratch, like that, like that loss to Pittsburgh. Should so, never happen. If yeah. SMU's team is somewhat similar to last year, and but SMU maybe a little was good better, last year, they, they were, were good. They, they they could defend. You know, they could yeah. prevent points for some of these teams that scored a lot. Yeah, you know, I could just be scared that early in the season, us thinking we've got things figured out, and yeah. And, you know, maybe that we win that and it's a shaky performance is more so what I'm feeling. I mean, but honestly, I'm so excited just because I really and truly believe this is going to be probably the best. This has the chance to be the best front seven in the history of Louisville football. Yeah. And and that gets me very excited because not only has, in my personal opinion, Louisville upgraded the talent significantly on offense, I think that this has a chance to be maybe the best defense that Louisville's ever had. So when you look at the fact that you have a Jeff Brom coach team and you're going to be looking at a historically good defense, um, I, I think that this team has a chance to do very, very special things. But I think 10-2 and two is a, um, you know optimistic, safe bet. I, I think that 10-2 and two is definitely possible. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I, I like both of you all's predictions between 9-3 and three and 10-2. and two. I think I'm leaning more towards 10-2 and two, um, with some, some some difference of the at Notre Dame, at Clemson, and then either a clunker at Virginia or at, like, maybe Stanford. Like, that Boston College quarterback, uh, Castellanos, he, he scares me, but I feel like, you know, I feel like we're going to be good enough to kind of hold him without going too crazy. But that kid for Virginia impressed me last year. He's coming back, quarterback. Too, right? Yeah, he was a young guy. He was only yeah. a, a sophomore, I he think. Was, yeah. He's, now, he's really good. Um, so, you know, with, with those two dynamic uh, signal, call, signal callers at Boston College in Virginia, those games scare me. But that, that pass rush is going to be something special this year. Well, you know, like They're going to be said, the best we've, I've ever seen. You're talking about that, that, the, 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 um, that defensive end outside linebacker from Tennessee coming to, to, you know, be there with Jermaine Lole. 
and Dez Tell and Thor Griffith in the middle and still, of course, having Ashton Gelati on the other end with the addition of TJ Capers and, uh, you know, I the mean, rest this, of those standouts. I mean, I mean, this has a chance to be up there with uh, with the great defensive lines of Charlie Strong. Yeah. In fact, I think that this, you know, you talk about Charlie Strong's defenses. You know, I, I think about some of those uh, teams early uh, in the, the early 2000s. Louisville had some really good defensive players as yeah. well and some really good defensive teams. Uh, Moby Okoye and, and all those guys as well. Elvis Dumerville. Yeah, yeah, Elvis Cool Dumerville. I mean, six sacks against woo. Kentucky by himself. You know, I, I, I think this has a chance to be an all-time defense and one of the best offenses uh, out there. So I, I'm super excited, but there we go. There's, there's your official – um, you know, we got two ten and twos by me and Haven Harrington. We got a nine and three from intern Roman. So, you know, like I said, go ahead and then hit your sports books up now, uh, and and uh, you know, make your make your wages responsibly. Uh, but I tell you what, before we go to break, I do want to get to the Thornton's text line. We have ignored the text line because of all the things uh, happening with uh, Louisville athletics. Uh, Texter says, "Good morning, wake up five oh two main event, Mike Rutherford show, Josh Hurd." Uh, looking like he aged uh, 20 years uh, and seems like he's uh, giving KP a third consuming year. I, I disagree with that point. I think I think Josh heard to me, nothing about what he said felt like a guy who is just resigned to having another year of Kenny Payne. Like, to me, it feels like something needs to change and there needs to be material change now because the university – is hemorrhaging money because of how bad things have gotten with the basketball program. Like, there were some people that said with all of the financial news that came out of the EULA board meeting that they were like, look at how bad the money is. This just tells you that there's no there's no money to fire Kenny Payne. Like, in my opinion, I, I feel like it was a situation where it's like they're losing so much money, they've got to figure out a way to, like, stop losing money, you know, because of Kenny Payne. Let's see what Jay has got to say about it. Ah, there we go. We got our man Jay has on on the on the uh, the line. Jay, how you doing this morning? You on there, Jay has? Yes, sir. There he is. What's going on, Jay? How you doing? Man, I'm doing fine, sir. Doing fine. So, so what? what? Go ahead, sir. No, I was just going to ask you. So we we were just talking about you know Josh Hurd's comments where he's up there talking about you know. He understands the urgency of the program. He understands that there's no such thing as moral victories, and uh, you know they need to get this thing turned around because Louisville's losing so much money in basketball. Um, what do, do you yeah. think that that herd is ready to go ahead and pull the plug on this thing and make something happen at the end of the year? Or do you think that Man, Kenny's going to get that another that next well, year? I, I, I think I think he's gonna pull that plug, man, because this is this is the hundred red October, sir. <laughs> you know, under the, you know, you know, the ship's gonna go down, man, farther and farther, like Titanic. Yeah, you gotta make a change now, man, before you lose the brand, and the brand is damaged, but it can be, you know, lifted back up, man. If you know, if you go ahead and pull the plug. Yeah, I, I, did you mention the names of some of the coaches already? You already do that yet? No, uh, I have not. No, I have I have not mentioned any of the coaching Ooh. names. <laughs> I ain't gonna mention that neither. I'm not gonna say a word either. <laughs> but uh not what we said last night, we're not gonna mention that. But I will say this, man, it's it's time now, man. Losing so much money. Uh it's not just affecting you know, affecting, you know, the the kids and it's the whole community, man. Yeah, the whole losing city fans Louisville, at this man. point. Yeah. And uh, what's, what's holding this uh, city up now is the Ravens. 
Yeah. And, you know, that's what's holding the city up now. It's going to be like they won't have the championship. If they win, they win tomorrow. I'm telling you, I yeah. Them, Broadway. You need to bring a love for basketball back to the city. Yeah, I, I honestly think, yeah, we, we were talking about that on game day 502 last night, Jay has, is that, you know, if Louisville wins this game, or see, look at me, I'm saying it now. If Baltimore wins this game tomorrow over the Kansas City Chiefs, there's going to be people that's going to be running out and celebrating like Louisville just made the final four. Oh, yeah. If, oh, yeah. if Lamar oh, yeah. makes this Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yes sir. Yes, it's gonna sir. be. It's that's gonna what be. the city needs and a little boost of morale. You know, Lamar give him since Lamar is a home, you know, homegrown Louisville Cardinal. You know, oh yeah, Lamar. So man, better get some things rolling, man, in the right direction, man, for the city. Yeah, yeah, I know. I totally agree. I think that this is a this is a, a city that's hungry for some success and for some good feelings. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think everybody's gonna be watching that game tomorrow. When you suspending your son from the basketball team, that's not good. Yeah, yeah, that's. And he's not even a starter. He's just, you know, I mean, it's, I don't want to get there. It's, it's time for Mr. Payne to go, man. It's time to go, Doc. I mean, it, it it is definitely a tough, uh, a tough situation all the way around. Um, you know, I, I am, I, I'm looking at my phone. I got a, a, a college coach calling me right now on the phone. I wonder what he's telling. He's he's calling to tell me about. <laughs> I, I my, my phone's buzzing off the hook. We start talking Kenny Payne and. Uh, uh, now I got people. I got coaches calling me, so <laughs> I, I wow. had to. I had to get. I feel like I'm gonna get me some my good information. Now. My, my, I got coaches calling look, me. Look, look, my phone ringing. Look, look, look at you. Look at you. So, so like, not ninety six point one. I gotta let you guys go. There man. we go. Jay has. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call this morning. Yes, sir. All right, yes, sir. <clears throat> but um, that's funny. I'm, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to text them back. And be like, hey, give me about thirty <laughs> minutes and let's see what's going on. Uh, but I, I tell you what, let's go ahead. We're going to hit this break. When we come back, we're doing AFC, NFC game championship previews. Oh, yeah. I need to get Havens Harrington's thoughts, Roman's thoughts on these games. We need to break down a little X's and O's and what's going to happen. It's going to be Ravens <clears throat> at home versus the Chiefs. It's going to be the 49ers welcoming in the Detroit Lions. We're going to get into that much, much more. This is Wake Up 502. This is Rashawn Haven and uh, Roman, and we'll be back. Got nothing in my brain That's what people say mm-hmm. That's what people say mm-hmm. I go on too many dates <laughs> But I can't make them stay At least that's what people say mm-hmm. That's what people say mm-hmm. But I keep cruising Can't stop, won't stop moving It's like I got this music And welcome back in. Welcome back in. Last segment of the show, Wake Up 502. Rashad Myers, Haven Harrington, intern Roman with the uh, perfect comeback rejoin music, a little Taylor Swift. Uh, and guess who's going to be shaking them haters off tomorrow? You already know. That would be one Mr. Number 8, Lamar Jackson, is going to be shaking off them haters. There, there are Haven Harrington, let me tell you something. All of the people that have – Disparaged Lamar Jackson, said he'd never 
be able to be as successful or what they want to call an elite quarterback in this league. All of the people that said that you can't be a running quarterback, they said, look at Randall Cunningham, look at Michael Vick. Nobody's been able to play that way and win at the highest level. You know, all the people that said that Lamar can't win a playoff game and that, yeah, he's a regular season quarterback. There's an opportunity. Oh, and, oh, I forgot the people that said Lamar can never will, will never be able to beat Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game. He has an opportunity to shut up everybody. He has an opportunity to go out there and basically get rid of all his haters forever. If he wins this game, in my personal opinion, this game is bigger than the Super Bowl. Like, I think that, of course, you get all the accolades that come with being a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but I think for Lamar Jackson, I think at least for all the criticisms of who he is, he has an opportunity to shut that up pretty much forever if he can find a way to win this game tomorrow uh, on the uh, at home under the 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 uh, the uh, bank uh, M&T Bank Field uh, lights. Uh, I guess even though it's going to be in the afternoon, so lights won't be on. But you know, on the on the you know in front of their home fans, he has an opportunity to basically shut up the world uh, and put himself in the category of all timer. Uh, and one of the best quarterbacks to ever play for the Baltimore Ravens, if he can find a way to get this done against Patrick Mahomes. So, so let me ask you, Haven Harrington. Um, you know, we, we saw the game last week. Everybody watched the Kansas City Chiefs and the ball and, and, and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, just a uh, very, I, I don't even know how to categorize that game. It's bad defensive game. Uh, okay, that, that was the one thing that I kind of noticed about that. It seemed like neither team could get a stop. Like it was kind of one of those things where. It was just whoever – it looked for a while like whoever had the ball last was going to yeah. win the game. Josh. Until, uh, you know, the, the fourth quarter where finally the Kansas City Chiefs were able to get two stops on Josh Allen in the fourth yeah. quarter. And that was pretty much the difference in the game. Before that, it pretty seemed like Josh Allen had his way with the, the Chiefs defense, and it seemed like Mahomes had his way with the um, Bills defense. Um, am I looking too far into that to say – when I look at this game and I look at how good this Ravens defense has been all year long and how it seems to be that they are playing even better, the fact that they were able to go out there um, against a Houston Texans team that was playing very, very good football. Nico Collins had been one of the toughest covers in football. And the fact that the Ravens, without Marlon Humphrey, who is uh, still dealing with injuries, uh, he's listed as questionable for the game tomorrow, they went out there completely shut the Houston Texans' uh, water off offensively. They held them to three points in the game, and the Ravens just go out there for a resounding victory in the second half, getting that thing done. Like, to me, I think that's where I think the key difference is. Isaiah Pacheco was an absolute beast. And I think he will be again. I think he will be again, and that'll be the key. Like, can, can can the Ravens' defense stop? Stop that heart of a runner and contain Mahomes at the same time. Yeah, because I mean that, that like that feels like that's where the the game is. Is is that where you're at, Roman? That's where I'm at. I, and, I, and they've shown they've shown they can stop offenses that can run better than that, and offense that can, offenses that can pass better than that. I mean, they did it to McCaffrey uh, when they played the the, exactly. the 49ers. They exactly. shut him completely down. Um. So I, I want to. It's tough, but Pacheco is he's a different runner. He is a different kind of runner. He can change the energy of the game by himself. 
Yeah. So if you if you slow Pacheco down, because you're not going to stop him, if you can slow him down, not let him do go crazy on first down, and then and then contain him on third down, and then you just can't let Mahomes go. You know, you can't let him go 35 yards on 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 third and seven. You can't do that. Um, those are the kind of plays how he picks you apart. He makes you. He thinks you've gone three and out, and, and he and he'll hurt you with a with a 15 yard gain to Kelsey on a on a what was an almost sack. Yeah. Um. If they if we can if we can actually get a few of those sacks and stop you know a lot of these teams are letting Mahomes get out of the pocket and you know get the ball thrown away. If we can get a few sacks, we can get a turnover early. That'd be ideal. I'm over here saying we like I'm a Saints fan. <laughs> I'm not even a Baltimore fan. I'm just a Lamar. A very you can say we. You can say uh, we when, when strong Lamar supporter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they can uh if they can contain Mahomes, that's all you. I mean, they they don't have very many game-changing kind of weapons other than Pacheco and then a Kelsey who 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 directly requires Mahomes to 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 change the game. So if you contain um Pacheco and then you you keep Mahomes at bay, I like their chances. Yeah, and I tell you what, I mean there's a very similar setup between what we saw with the the Houston Texans and with the the Kansas City Chiefs. Hmm. Is is that you know Devin Singletary is kind of the the Isaiah Pacheco in this uh, yeah. in this analogy and and Singletary absolutely destroyed the Cleveland Browns when the Texans played them he just did, he decimated them and, and the way I look at the setup is that Singletary kind of looks like the Pacheco in this in this ex- exercise with Rache Rice being the Nico Collins because he's pretty much the only consistent receiver that the Houston Tux- Texans have. Rache Rice is pretty much the only consistent guy, um, you know. With, uh, yeah, fastest you, guy. You know, guy you, on both teams. Exactly. Got Collins and 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 Rice playing that role, and then of course you had Dalton Schultz, the uh, kind of do everything tight end for good, good hands, the Texans, who's kind of Travis yep. Kelsey. But those are pretty much the was the, are the only playmakers. Like those three guys were pretty much the only playmakers for the Texan Texans. Those are pretty much the only three playmakers for. The Chiefs on offense, yeah. Are, are Kelsey and Pacheco, um, and, and you know, and, and Rasheed Rice. So when I look at what the the Ravens defense was able to do, pretty much just shutting down those primary three options for the Texans, it was a long day for C.J. Stroud because he was constantly under pressure and his primary options were all taken away. That's the one thing about what the Ravens defense does. Yes. Um, is that they take away the guys that you want they to go to. They know where you want to throw the ball. Let me see what you can do under pressure to get the guys to your to get the ball to your secondary, third, fourth options. You know, and, and that's kind of what they've they've been able to do and really been able to be very good about. Kyle Hamilton is an absolute just dynamo at safety. Mm. And, and I feel like he's going to be the guy charged with keeping an eye on Trevor uh, on Travis Kelsey. I think that's going to be his his main job. It's going to be watch Kelsey, you know, pretty much taking care of him. Whether it's Brandon Stevens or Marlon Humphrey, one of those guys are going to, you know, be uh charged with taking care of Rice and Pacheco, of course, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, and that front line is going to be charged with making sure that you pretty much shut that off. And that basically leaves Clowney, those pass rushers, whether it be, I mean, just the, the timing of the blitzes with uh, Millett out of, uh, from the, the, the nickelback spot. Those blitzes with him, he was in the backfield all day. And, and you know, the, the, the one thing I'll give McDonald credit for is that 
he disguises his blitzes very well. And he's very good at the blindside blitz of kind of watching the quarterback and understanding exactly when to make that to, to bring that blitz and kind of catch guys by surprise. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a talent too. It is definitely a talent. And to be able to sell that and to sell the formation and then to bring that guy once the quarterback kind of goes the opposite direction. Now, of course, with Patrick Mahomes, that's going to be a lot more difficult because when you rush Mahomes, he's a guy who just naturally has the ability to feel that pressure, get rid of it, or run. Patrick Mahomes, you know, the funniest thing about Mahomes is every time Mahomes scrambles, he never looks like he's running fast. No. He just looks like he's trotting. And he'll end the game and with 50 like yards. 30 yard, yeah. A 30 yard run. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I've never been able to figure that out. Is that deceptive speed? It's so odd because he never looks like he's, because he's kind of upright and he doesn't really look like, I don't want to say cool when he's running, but he doesn't look athletic when he runs. He's kind of stiff. Well, because he's, he's very deceptive. He's deceptively it's weird. fast. Yeah. He's one of those guys who's literally deceptively fast. And plus, he's always – and the reason he's always like kind of stiff because he's always looking to throw. Yeah, he, he's, he or, almost looks like a little childish with the yeah. way he's running. Yes, with the wild Because he keeps that ball like ready to throw if he sees something. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, I, I do. I feel like, to me, and I know, you know, Chris Jones is coming out talking about, yeah, you know, we're going to – make Lamar, we're going to keep Lamar in their pocket, and, you know, if we do that, then we're going to shut out the Ravens. Like, he's talking a lot of smack. But I don't feel – like, I feel like the Ravens' offense – It's impossible to keep him out of – like, yeah. contained. Like, the Ravens' offense is going to score. And I if, mean, they, they if, couldn't stop Josh, stop Josh Allen, so please. If the secondary isn't isn't tight-knit, cutthroat, ready to defend, Lamar can pick you out of that pocket. He can pick you, you know. Yeah, that's the biggest difference this year is that – you can, like, Lamar, like, people that keep saying, okay, well, the way you be, because, see, the book has always been on Lamar. You blitz Lamar. You send six, you send seven guys, and you just blitz him, make him make quick decisions, and he's not going to be accurate enough to continually beat you. Well, that's not been the case this year. Lamar is one of the best quarterbacks under duress and under pressure in the NFL this year. And, you know, he's making, a, he's completing at a very high clip. And the way Todd Monken is setting up these offensive pass plays, if you're sending six and seven guys, he's going to get it in the flat to uh, Zay Flowers. He's going to get it in the flat to uh, Nelson Aguilar. Or now Mark Andrews coming back off injury. Or Isaiah Likely, you know, who, who are all making humongous plays in the passing game. So that has not really worked. But then the problem is once you fall back in zone and you're only rushing four, like the Texans tried to do in the second half, now Lamar's running for 35 yards. Now Lamar's running for uh, 15 yards in the first down. A guy who hasn't really been running this year. Yeah, because he just hasn't he hasn't had to. But you know, you've seen that the the, the gloves kind of came off. Yeah. In in, in the uh, game versus the Texans, like we we kept you healthy to this point, so you could go ahead and be that threat and remind people just like what you are as a threat. Which is funny to say that they didn't really let him run that much this year when he still ended up with 800 yards rushing. <laughs> You've seen it. Like, the first few games of the season, he wasn't going for 50, 60 rushing yards a game like no. he is in these last two or three games. No, no. It's it's definitely a situation where they're like, okay, yeah, now we're going we're going to turn it up a little bit and we're going to let you loose a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this is what this, this is what that's how how you, you just said it is how they should look at it. We've kept you healthy all year. Go and do whatever you need to do to win the games. Now. Do you? Yeah, do you? You know, we're, we're going to do that. I mean, Monken has been – I have been – pleading with the Ravens to get rid of Greg Roman for years, Haven. Forever. And they finally, 
move on from Roman. They finally get Lamar some weapons that actually are at least suitable. Like they're not even the best weapons, but at least they're better weapons by far than what they've had in the passing game. And it's amazing to see what this team has looked like with a competent offensive coordinator and actual skill players besides so, Mark Andrews. I, I listened to you guys break down this game, right? And you, you guys said a lot, you talked a lot, but I think one of the things is really missing. Yes. A lot of people focus on the Ravens defense against the juggernaut that is the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Yes. And basically one Patrick J. Mahomes, because he's really what you got to worry about. So what I've been telling buddies. You're about to say what I've been telling a couple buddies of mine, I think. But this game comes down to the offense. The this, Ravens offense. The Ravens offense. This game's going to come down to how many points are, can Lamar and company put up. Yes. It's not the defense, because Patrick is going to find a way to get his. For okay. some odd reason, he's going to find a way to score, because that's what Patrick does. You're right. But he finds a way. The question is... How much can the Ravens score? Because like we said before, this is the first time, literally the first time Lamar Jackson has weapons. Like he has weapons like everybody else has weapons around him. Yes. Like people kept saying how good Josh Allen is and blah, 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 blah. Well, Josh Allen's had one of the best wide receivers in NFL since he's been yeah. at Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes has – Arguably the top, best top two or three greatest tight tight end yeah, ever. No, he has probably the best tight end in the NFL right now, Kelsey. And for the majority of his career, he had Tyreek Hill. Yep. A guy that could take the top off the D off of every defense in NFL. Because you saw how Tyreek Hill literally just transformed Mammy's offense. Yep. So now Lamar has weapons, right? Lamar has Zay Flowers. Aguilar. Beast. Zay Flowers has actually allowed them to put their other wide receivers where they should because Bateman is not a number one, but Bateman is a great number two, number three wide receiver. So, right? Yeah. Aguilar is another one. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, these guys aren't number one receivers, but a good number two, number three receivers. Likely. But Zay is that number one dude. Yeah. So now Lamar has weapons. We can see that he can score yeah. at a perfect level, number one. Number two, the Ravens have played their best football when they play against the best teams. Yes. Look at every team they played this year that was really, really good, and the Ravens slept them. Like, slept them. Yeah. If the Ravens' the offense yet, could get going, I, I think the Ravens' defense would do enough to slow Mahomes down. But in the past, it hasn't really been their defense. It's really the Ravens could never score enough points yeah. to keep up with Kansas City and the Buffaloes of the world. Now they can. So this is really about what what, what Lamar's going to do. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's the interesting thing with this team because this team, the, 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 the Ravens cause a lot of problems because they can win in so many different ways. Very true. They can win a defensive struggle and they can win a shootout. You know, they have a good enough offense and they've shown to be good enough to go out there and put up 35 points plus if needed. But they've also shown that they can win, you know, like they did against the uh, the Chargers and win a to twenty 10. to ten yeah. game on, on the road, you know, at, at L.A. You know, and, and that's the thing about them is that they can go out there and they have so many answers to the questions. I mean, because look, you, you win a twenty to ten game um, at the Chargers, then you come back home and win a thirty seven thirty one win against the Rams. 
So, you know, sometimes I rhyme slow, sometimes I rhyme quick. They can, they can do both. And his number one target's coming back. That's another thing that yeah, people got to think and, about. And that's the Mark Andrews factor. I mean, Mark Andrews has been out the last eight games. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the last eight eight weeks he's been down uh, with the uh, the cracked fibula. Your most experienced Recept, you know, not receiver, but at the end of the day, receiver. Person yeah, I mean, you're talking about position. one of the two or three best tight ends in all of football. Okay, he has been so and that, for the last several that's years. It's going to change, though. You know, now you've got a that that goes back to what you just said. They've got they can beat you in so many different ways. I mean, you talk about Gronkowski and Hernandez. You know, when you talk about those two tight end sets that the the um, Patriots used to employ and how many problems that gave them. That so now, uh, short now is is alive again. Absolutely. I mean, now on top of all of the receiving threats we already talked about, now you have Isaiah Likely, who looks like he's one of the best tight ends in football the last four or five weeks, and now you have Likely, and you bring back, um, you know, and, 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 Andrews, and, yes. and you bring back Andrews. So not only can you have two guys. Now you can have, and that the, the interesting thing about it is you have two guys that are that type of a threat, but now you can also bring those guys in and run from a power set and have two tight ends that now you have to worry about, do we need to load the box because you have Gus Edwards in the backfield or, you know, Dalvin, yeah. Cook. Dalvin Cook because you have these two tight ends, but do we want to bring safeties in because if these guys get out into pass patterns and we have linebackers out here, they're going to burn us. They're going to burn us, yeah. So, I mean, it's so many things that put pressure on the defense that the Ravens can do. He has weapons. It is unbelievable. And Todd Monken, they have the right guy at the controls. Yeah, they do. The perfect guy, if you ask me. And then you have the ultimate weapon. Lamar, Lamar Jackson. And his legs. You know, it's weird because we always talk about Lamar running. But Lamar really hasn't ran that much. But the threat of his run gets everybody else open. Because you can never not worry about it. That big long play last game is like... It's just how it goes to show. Yeah. You know, you've, you've, you've got him moving in the pocket. You've got him moving the other direction in the pocket now. And he's still, what, 45-yard, 48-yard run Lamar's on a legs, broken play? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like Lamar's leg on, legs on any one play makes you have to account a safety for him and hold a linebacker. So when you're holding a safety and a linebacker and usually a defensive end for half of a click just to keep an eye on you, that makes everybody's jobs easier. Yep, That's nice. why you have Gus Edwards Getting being able to get downhill, and next thing you know, it's a nine-yard pickup. You know that's why because you're holding that linebacker extra second that Zay Flowers doesn't have any help when they go man to man and he's cutting across the middle. So he only has one guy he has to juke and he makes that one guy miss and he's going 25 or 30 yards. That's how Rashad Bateman because he's getting the second or third best uh, defensive back is wide open. And that back has already got attention on someone else. Exactly. Yeah. Or Nelson Aguilar is cutting across the middle of the field and there's no one there. And then oh, I forgot you got to worry about Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Who might have the best hands on the team. Yeah. And then you got those two tight ends. So it's just, it's very exciting. The Ravens have everything at their feet. They're at home. They have the better defense. They have the better offense. But you got Mahomes. And you have the factor that we haven't talked about, but with about four and a half minutes left, I'm going to ask you all about. They talked about this referee, the head official in this game, has been a guy who has been very uh, good for road teams uh, this year, okay? Home teams have only won 41% of the games when this guy has been on the field. That's we How? We, like, how does that even happen? I, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how he got the assignment for this game, but he has been very good for road teams. Um, some people are saying that they want the Taylor Swift factor to get to the Super Bowl and have that be a part of it. 
Um, do you buy? Do either of you all buy into that? You know, not at all. I don't even not, think. Not really. I think Kelsey's production hasn't been as good since they've been together. I agree. Like th- that touchdown he got versus the uh, Bills last week was his first touchdown in eight games. Yeah, they, you know, he <laughs> hasn't. He hasn't even been going crazy like that. If you really want to look at it. But so so you say no factor with the officiating. You don't think that's going to necessarily be a big. I'm not, you know what? I'm I, I'm not too worried about that. Well, what, what I'm really worried about is. Um, the Ravens getting a kind of a slow start like they did against the Texans and maybe waiting a little too long to ramp it back up. Yeah, or an or, early turnover. Or not be being able too. to ramp it back up. Because, like, we've seen in Ravens' losses, really the only team that's beat the Ravens this year are the Ravens. No, literally, the only team that's really beat the Ravens are the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I looked at the four games that the Ravens lost this year. They lost to Pittsburgh twice. They I- lost to the Indianapolis Colts. And then the one game that Deshaun Watson played for the, the – um, Cleveland Browns, yeah, but they those, barely won. But those are all games that have multiple turnovers, yeah, and very winnable games. But yeah. every good team that they played, they destroyed. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> what do you guys think on the other side? Before we before we don't have enough time, yeah, before is, we is get there it. any chance that Detroit can win this game? That was a big chance Detroit can win this game. It, it, it's funny because somebody said that the Detroit Lions this year are like the young 49ers. They're basically built just like the 49ers, except a younger version. Yeah. Uh, and that. it's funny. I agree with that. They are kind of very, very similar. I would love to see the Lions win this game. I would as well. I really, really want to see them win this game. Debo Samuel coming back and them announcing that he's going to play, um, that may be what puts the 49ers over the top. But I'm going to tell you what, Brock Purdy has been shaky. And the Lions are a team that if you come out and you make that mistake, they're not going to drop that interception the way that the Packers did last week. Uh, the Packers dropped like three interceptions like, yeah like three should have been interceptions that went into the game you had a chance to to, to knock Purdy off and my question is is Purdy going to be at least back to being a a good game managing quarterback like I, I'm going to say give me the Lions even though Debo makes me nervous I want to see the Lions win so give me the Lions I, I'd are you say, saying that or do you just want to see the Lions I, want, the I really want to see the Lions in the Ravens. okay I really do I I may be just hoping beyond hope but I, I would love to see the Detroit make it. What do you think, Haven? If we do see the Lions and the Ravens, this will be, I think, one of the first times ever that a team, that a college team, has had three quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Crazy. Be, yeah, I would be the it first. It would be I insane. Believe. Yes. <laughs> that would be insane. Well, I, I tell you what, fellas, thank you all so much. I, I'm sorry I, we didn't get to more of the Texas. No, it was not Jay Wright calling me Texter, just by the way. <laughs> when you say all those people but, talking about Lamar Jackson, you mean the non-melanin people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, touche. Yeah, hey, that, the that, negative that's, stuff about him, at least. That, that's that's hilarious. But, no, man, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much, Roman, for taking care of us in the studio. Haven, it's always good to see you. Hopefully, we're celebrating the Ravens victory next week for Haven Harrington. Intern Roman, this is Rashawn Myers saying thank you so much. And go Ravens. It's going down. And I guess go Louisville against UVA. It's fine. <laughs> All right, y'all. We out. Locked on Kentucky Alice, only locally owned sports talk. 14.4.